Welcome, I'm Nestor Flores, the pastor of Dayspring Church in Mission Hills, California. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. I want to invite you to learn more about Dayspring Church by visiting our website, dayspringmh.org. We trust that if you open your heart, God will speak to you and you'll know how to live a life with God at the center that will result in a blessed life. This message will inspire, build your faith, and help you to know God better. Enjoy the message. Last week, we started a new series called Come Adore Him. And last week, I asked this question. If you were not here, here's the question that we're really asking and answering this Christmas. What would you say is the proper response to Christmas? What would you say is the proper response to the Savior of the world coming to earth for you and for me? What would you say is the proper response to God himself leaving his glory and taking on the form of a human being to save you and me? What would you say is the proper response to the owner of the heavens and the earth coming and being born in a manger among animals? What is the proper response? Is it joy? Is it peace? Is it generosity? Is it excitement? Is it all? I believe that all those are good responses. But I believe that the response that is above all responses to Christmas is to worship him, to adore him. And in fact, that is what we see throughout the different characters in the Christmas story. In one way or another, they worship, they adore him. On your way out or when you were walking in, if you came in through this side, we put a big black board and uh, we want you to write on there, why do you worship? Why do you adore Jesus? Is it something he's done? Is it something he's doing? Is it something that you're believing he's going to do? And we want to invite you to go in and write on there so that you can encourage others, so that we can have a visual of all the reasons that we as a church have to worship Jesus. Just make sure you don't tag your barrio on there, okay? Because I know some of you, the Lord saved you, but the barrio still in you. So, so, so don't. I don't want to see 18th Street or, or but no. You worship Jesus because He healed you, because He gave you a good spouse. Amen. You guys know I'm joking, right? But you know the Christmas story is filled with characters that worship Jesus in different ways. And we said last week that worship is not just what the wonderful team did up here just a few minutes ago. That worship looks in many different ways. And from these characters, we want to learn how we can worship Jesus, not just this Christmas, but throughout our life. And last week, we looked at John the Baptist. And we said that John is maybe not one of those characters that you think about when you think about the Christmas story, right? After all, when was the last time you heard a Christmas carol about John the Baptist? You definitely don't see him in the manger. There's no ugly sweaters about John the Baptist. But John the Baptist is part of the Christmas story because not only did he precede the birth of Jesus, but he prepared the way for the ministry of Jesus. And we said that from John, we can learn to worship Jesus by pointing people to Jesus. After all, he came and he was born so that people could know and, and, and worship him. So today, I want us to look at the second character, or characters better said, and that is the wise men, the magi. Now, traditionally, it is believed that it was three of them. 
Uh, but I heard, I actually heard that it was four uh, wise men. But that the fourth guy was one of those guys, one of those people that shows up to birthday parties without a gift, so he wasn't added to the story. No, I'm joking. Okay? We don't know that they were three. It is traditionally believed that it was three because they presented three gifts. But the chances, the likelihood is that it was many of them. So let's pray and we'll jump into the story and we'll learn from them how we worship when we pursue God's promises. Amen? Let's go before the Lord. Heavenly Father, we come before you. And Lord, we, wanna, we want your word not just to, to fill us with truth, but most importantly, to transform our lives. Lord, Christmas, Christmas ought to be a great time. But for many of us, it's a difficult time. It's a difficult time because, because we're, we're waiting. We're, we're in the process of your promises being fulfilled and not all that should be good is good yet. So Lord, I pray especially this morning that those of us that are hanging on, believing that what you said you will do, that Lord, that this morning you would fill us with expectation, you would fill us with hope, you would fill us with faith. I pray that this message would be more than just a conversation, that it would be life transforming. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. If you have your bulletin inside, there's an outline. You can pull that out and follow along with me. Let's read the story found in Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Look at what it says. It says, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? Look at this. We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to what? Worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed, and obviously you, you know why, right? I mean, uh, he, somebody came to replace him. He was the king, right? King Herod, verse 3, was, was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, Where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem and Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah. For a ruler will come from you who will be, who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Then he told them, Go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child, and when you find him, come back and tell me that I can go and worship him too. Now, do you think he wanted to worship him? No. Right? Verse 9, after this interview, the wise men went their way, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem and went ahead of them and stopped over the, the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Now, let me stop right there. I don't know if you knew this, but the wise men did not come to Jesus when Jesus was a babe, when Jesus was, was a newborn. He was very likely about two to three years old. Okay, I know we all see the three wise men in the manger with baby Jesus. That was very likely not the case. 
In fact, one of the jokes says that if the wise men had been wise women, they would have gotten there before Jesus was born, help with the birth, clean the house, help cook, and be a lot more help, okay? But, but, but we don't know if that's true or not, okay? Let's finish reading the story. <clears throat> then they opened their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route. For God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. Now, from the wise men, we learn that one of the ways we can worship God is to pursue the promises that he's made to us. These men came across a promise. They, they found out that, uh, that the king of the Jews, that the king of the world would be born. And, the, and it wasn't a promise that they just kind of believed. It was a promise that they wanted to see fulfilled. It was a promise that they wanted to see with their own eyes. And when you and I, when we pursue the promises of God for our lives, we worship him. Now, I don't know if you knew this or not, but there are close to 3,500 promises from God to man in the Bible. 3,500 promises that God has made to you and to me. That is about 10 promises per, per day for one whole year. That means that God could fulfill 10 promises every day and not have to repeat that promise till next year. 3,500 promises. Promise, these promises include forgiveness. It, it's a promise to meet our needs. It's a promise to give us peace in times of hardship. It's a promise to give us victory over temptation, to give us strength when we're suffering, to bless our household and our children, to provide wisdom, to give direction, and most importantly of all, to give us eternal life. When you and I when we pursue God's promises for our life, we worship him. It is an act that brings him glory. It is an act that he delights, that he enjoys. And, 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 the, and the craziest thing about God's promises is that they are just abundant, 3,500. But the greatest thing about God's promises is that God's promises never fail. God has never failed to fulfill one single of his promises. In fact, look at what Joshua 23, 14 says right there in your outline. It says, you know that what? Some promises? Every promise of the Lord your God has what? Come true. Not a single one has what? Failed. Now, you guys are smart people. I know what some of you guys are thinking. Well, pastor, if God's promises never fail, and if there's 3,500 promises, then why is it that there's some people who can testify that, that those promises have not been fulfilled in their life? How come there's people that could give witness to the fact that some of those promises have not come true in their life? I'll tell you why. One simple reason. They gave up before God could fulfill that promise. Any promise that God has made, that God has made, not that you think you've made God promise, but the promises that he has birthed from his own being for you, every promise that God has made, he will fulfill. 
And the promises that we don't see fulfilled in our lives is because we gave up too early. And if you want to obtain the promises of God in your life, and here's what I want to talk to you about this morning, you need to fill yourself with great expectation for God's promises. You will not obtain God's promises without having a great sense of expectation that God is going to do what he promised he would do. Without expectation, you'll give up too early. Without expectation, you won't fight like you should. Without expectation, you won't endure the hardships. Without expectation, you'll get distracted. Without expectation, you will not see God fulfill the promises that he wants in your life. So I got a question for you. Are you filled with great expectation this Christmas? I know that for some of you, you're like, man, I just want Christmas to be over. It's a miserable time. It's a horrible time. There's some stuff in my life that is not the way it should be. And I just want to get it over. Well, I want to tell you that we ought to be filled with great expectation regardless of our context or our situation. Now, let me define what what I mean by great expectation, and I want to give you a verse, and then we'll talk more about it. Fill this out in your outline. What do, what do we mean by a great expectation? What does it mean to expect, to, to be filled with expectation? Well, expectation is a strong belief. It's a strong belief. To expect is to have a strong belief. A strong belief about what, Pastor? Well, strong belief about two things. Number one, that something will happen or that someone will achieve something. To be filled with great expectation is to have this this confidence, is to have this assurance, is to have this strong, just solid belief that something will happen or that someone will achieve something. Let me give you a Bible verse that may help you understand. Look at what Hebrews 11.1, 1, most of you guys know this. You probably know it by memory. Look at what he says. He says, faith is the confidence that what we hope for will what? Actually happen. You can't hope for something that you have. You hope for those things that haven't happened, but that you know that are going to happen. And he says, It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. Now, now, let me be clear, okay? I need you to understand me. When I talk about great expectations, I'm not talking about the expectations you have on somebody or on someone. I'm talking about the expectations that we have on God's promises. Because that that is key. That is key. As a father and as a husband, I have failed my wife and my kids many times. I've promised them things that I have not fulfilled. But let me tell you, when you filled your life for, with an expectation over God's promises, you're on solid ground. Because, because see, here's the thing. There's a difference for you to expect your husband or spouse to change And there's a difference for you to expect God to change them and give you peace while he does it. You know what the difference between those two things is? Hair loss and divorce. When your expectation is, I'm going to change this guy, this son, I'm going to change her. Come on Tuesday. You'll learn 
that that's impossible. But, but, but it's very different to say, well, I know I can't change them, but I know God can. Amen. And I'm full of expectation that eventually God is going to get a hold of them and God is going to do it. And while he does it, he's going to give me the strength and the peace and the cool to not lose my temper. There is a difference between expecting a difficult situation to turn for good, and there is a difference between expecting God to work out for your good regardless of the outcome, any situation. Right. Huge difference. There is a huge difference. And, and, and I, and I want to tell you, and I want to tell you that, that you need to be filled with expectation this Christmas. But I know some of you may be saying, well, pastor, you know, when I was younger, there was a time where I was actually full of expectation. That was before I got divorced. That was before I got molested. That was before I was abused. That was before I tried it for the fifth time and it failed. There was a time when I was filled with expectation, but then life happened. And now, if I'm honest with you, I, it, it's hard for me to have an assurance that something or someone will happen. Well, if that's you, thank you for being honest. Thank you for being true. But I want to tell you that this Christmas, God wants to fill you with expectation. Amen. I want to tell you that this Christmas, God wants to fill you with the sense of confidence that he will do what he promised he would do. And that you can, that you can, and not just can, but that you ought to be filled with such expectation that you expect God's favor and not his harm. That you expect God's joy and not misery. That you can expect God's peace and not chaos. That you can expect God's power and not defeat. That you can expect God's help and not God's rejection. And God wants to fill you. And he brought you here today. He brought you here today to tell you that his promises for you still stand. Amen. That there's victory that he has prepared for you. That there's healing that he has prepared for you. That there are good desires that he has planned for you. That his power is still available for you. So what I want to do with the remaining of our time is I want us to look at the wise men. And learn from them, how can we fill ourselves with great expectation again? Can I tell you something before we go any further? I was talking with somebody this week and I had to confess to them. If you don't know by now, we got the horrible news on Monday that my dad's appeal got rejected. And um, I was, you, if you were here last Sunday, you heard me talk about the fact that we had planned that by Thursday I was going to drive down to Ensenada, pick him up and bring him, and he was going to be here today. And um, Monday we were all, he had his appointment at 7 a.m. our time, and we were all glued to the phone waiting to hear from him, eventually around noontime or so. I think it might have been a little bit earlier. He called me and he said, I got denied. They said no, and they told him why, and da da da. And our hearts sank. And I've been dealing with all that because in my heart of hearts, I was convinced that my dad would be here today. And, and, and I would lie to you if I told you that I was okay, that, that it didn't affect me or nothing. Some of you may have texted me this week and Probably I didn't reply, and that's because I haven't fully been there all week. But here's what I can tell you as I was preparing this message. I'm still expecting my dad to be here. Amen. 
I've just learned that it's not this Sunday. And I told God, I am not going to allow myself to be driven to despair and hopelessness just because your timing is different than mine. So I don't know where you've experienced disappointment. I don't know where you're experiencing pain and you don't want to dream again. You don't want to believe again. You don't want to expect again. Well, I want to tell you that God wants to fill you with expectation because when you pursue God's promises, that brings him glory and you worship the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Now, I want to share four, four steps, four things you can do where to put yourself in a place where you can be filled with a great expectation this Christmas. How many of you guys need that? Amen? Well, let's look at it. Number one, to be filled with great expectation about the promises of God for your life, number one, you got to take action towards the promise. The first thing you got to do is you got to take action towards the promise or promises or promises. In verse one of the passage that we read, look at what it says. It says, about that time, some wise men from where? Eastern lands arrived where? In Jerusalem. Here's the first thing we see. We see that these men did not just come across a promise of God. We see that not only did they believe a promise of God, we see that these men took action to the promise of God. They took on the journey. They learned that they, that the king of the Jews was going to be born, and he wasn't going to be born in their land. And they said, we're not going to wait till we hear about it. We're going to go see it with our own eyes. And they embarked in a journey that possibly took them between two to three months. And they put faith to their conviction. They put action to their beliefs. They went and they said, we're not going to sit here looking at the stars, waiting to see the promise of God fulfilled. They said, no, 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 no. We're going to do it. We're going to go after it. And see, some of you, you have the promise of God in your life and you know what you need to do, but you're waiting on something. You're waiting. You're sitting around and, and saying, well, uh, I'm waiting for the right time. Right now is not the right time. The kids are too little or I'm not married or I got dead or, or we're good at coming up with excuses. And we say, we know that God is going to do it, but, but right now is not the right time. Or perhaps you say, well, I know the promise of God, but, but, but I got a lot of questions. There's some things that I still don't know. There's some things that I need to know before I step out in faith. Can I tell you something very respectfully? You may not have all the information you need to have, but you got enough information to take a step of faith. If you want to see the promises of God be fulfilled in your life, you have to take action. You got to take a first step. Now, some of you, you know what that is. Maybe for you, it's a phone call or maybe it's a conversation or maybe it's showing up somewhere or maybe it's admitting that your heart is broken and that it needs to be healed. Or maybe you need to learn new habits or, or some of you, you need new relationships. Maybe the, 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 the first step of faith towards the promises of God in your life is to confess your sin or to get a lot more serious with God, to get up in the morning and to pray. Uh, and, and you may be saying, well, 
Well, see, the thing about that is that I don't feel like doing it. Well, here's what you got to know. Feelings follow actions. Feelings follow actions. If you decide to take an action, the feelings will follow. You know why most of us don't get up to do exercise like we should? Because we don't feel like it. You know what feels, you know what felt, what I felt like yesterday at five in the morning when I woke up to go run? I felt like staying in bed. I felt like making me a hot chocolate and waiting for the World Cup game to start. Because I didn't feel like putting on a jacket and going out to run in 40 something degrees. But you want to know something? As I started running, it felt so good to be out running. And if you wait for your feelings to take action, you'll never take action. You need to take action and the feelings will follow. Now, some of you say, well, pastor, I don't know. I don't know what that first step is. I don't know what the first step towards those promises is. Well, the wise men give us an answer too. Well, you don't know. You ask. Ask. These were men and they asked. Amen. If you don't know, if you're saying, you know, I am believing that God is going to restore my marriage, but I don't know what the first step is. Ask. I am believing that God is going to free me of my addiction, but I don't know what the first step is. Ask. I am believing that God is going to get me out of debt, but I don't know what the first step is. Ask. When you don't know, ask. But if you want to be filled with great expectations towards the promises of God in your life, the first thing you need to do is take action towards the promises. Number two, to be filled with great expectation for the promises of God, you have to stay focused on the promise. You got to stay focused. First, you take action. But second, you got to stay focused. Look at what verses 7 and 9 of that passage we read says. It says, Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Then he told them, Go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child, and when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. After this interview, the wise men what? Went on their way. In this story, we find that the wise men eventually found themselves in the palace with King Herod. Now, here's something you got to know. When they came into the palace, Herod threw with them a feast and all kinds of luxuries. Now, now, think about this. <coughs> These men <clears throat> had just traveled through the desert about two to three months. And they come to a palace where there's food, where there's hot water, where there's comfort, where there's all the pleasures. Many people would have gotten stuck there. Many people would have stayed there. Many people would have gotten, would have, would have been overcome by the fear that King Herod felt threatened. And not just King Herod, but everybody in the city. And many people would have abandoned their journey but not the wise men. The Bible tells us that after this interview, that they went on on their journey. And see, sometimes we don't obtain the promises of God and we lose that expectation because we lose focus. So let me ask you this morning, where's your focus? Who or what has your focused? Can I tell you, one of the, one of the biggest enemies when it comes to focus one of the biggest enemies to the promises of God in your life 
your today. Most people are so focused on today that they cannot be filled with expectation and faith about their tomorrow. Because today is not good and you're so focused on today, on what you don't have, on how you're hurting, on what is not happening, on what is broken, you cannot expect good things tomorrow. But if you change your focus from today and you put it on God, let me tell you something, your today doesn't have to be good because you know that tomorrow is in God's hands and you can worship God today. Amen. See, if my focus is on God, I can worship God today, even if my today is broken, because I know he's got a healing for me tomorrow. If I have need today, I can still worship God today. If my focus is on God and not on my today, because I know that God is in control of tomorrow. So if you're here this morning and you're saying, you know, I, I just, I just can't, I'm too broken. I'm too hurt. I want to tell you, put your focus on God. Because when you do, you'll be able to worship him and you'll be filled with expectation that all the today is not good. Tomorrow will because he is in control of your life. Amen. Listen, if you focus on God, if you focus on God, if your focus is on God and his promises, you're going to be filled with strength and enthusiasm to go after them. If, you, if you're not, if you focus on your today or your problem, you're going to be filled with anxiety, you're going to be filled with defeat, and you're going to be filled with regret. So where's your focus? What are you looking at? Are you looking at God or are you looking at your today or are you looking at your problems? Number three, third thing, fill this out in your outline. To be filled with the great expectation for the promises of God in your life, you got to depend on God's providence. Depend on God's providence. Some of you are wondering, Pastor, what do you, what do you mean by providence? What is God's providence? Well, let me give you a simple definition. God's providence, it's God's provision made beforehand. It's God's provision made ahead of time. Listen, let me tell you something. The Bible says that all of our days were numbered, that God knew every single one of our days, that every single one of our days was written before God. God has already worked out your life and my life. And he's already prepared for it. And as we, and as we go on this journey of believing and pursuing God's promises, we need to learn to depend on his providence. On say, God, I'm stuck. God, I'm done. God, I'm tired. God, I'm angry. But, 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 but I know that you made a way before the problem appeared. I know that you had an answer before the issue arose. I know that you had it all worked out before I was even born. So if you want to get filled with expectations, you have to learn to depend on God's providences. Look at what the story says in, verses, in verse 9, the first part. It says, and the star that they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem and went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. Hey, let me tell you that God, and I'm quoting the story here, God will put many stars in your life to guide you. There is stars that God will light up in your life to get you to the place where you can fulfill, where you can experience the promises of God. God is going to put wise people. God is going to put godly people. God is going to put people that are that are wise, people that are spirit filled. 
Did you know that God uses this church to guide you? Did you know that God can use your life group to guide you? Did you know that God can use your parents, young people, to guide you? That's a difficult one, right? Did you know that God can use your mother-in-law to guide you? That God can use circumstances? God can use many different things to guide us. But we need to be able to see them. And I'll tell you in just a minute how you do that. But let me tell you the two biggest guides that God has given to us. You ready for this? You got to fill these out somewhere. I didn't put a space in your outline, but you got to put it somewhere. The two biggest stars that God gives us to guide us is the Holy Spirit and his word. If you're not in God's word and you are not learning to walk in the spirit, you're going to get lost a lot. You're going to make a lot of dumb mistakes. You're going to waste a lot of time. When, when the wise men got stuck in Jerusalem, because as far as they, their journey took them, they landed in Jerusalem and they didn't know where to go. Where did they get their answer? The story tells us. Scriptures. They say they went back to the scriptures and they said the prophet said that it would be in Bethlehem of Judea. And it was the word of God that helped them to find their way. Amen. Have you lost your way? See, some situations are difficult. Some situations are not clear cut as A and B. And you have to choose between good and great and you don't know which one is good and which one is great. But if you learn to depend on God's providences, you will always land in the place that God wants you to be, which is the best place. So, so are, you, are you looking for God's providences? Let me tell you something. You know how you know? You know how you can identify the guide, the guidance of God in your life? I'll tell you how. It's called relationship. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and know my voice. I've shared this with you before. When we go to the stores, um, it happens to every family as it happens to mine where we all end up getting lost, right? Lorena wants to go look at every single department and I just want to go look at the shoes, right? And um, especially right now during Christmas, um, the stores are packed and when we can't find each other, you know what we do? It's kind of our thing. It's not disrespectful. It's just kind of our thing. We got a whistle. I go. <whistles> Maisley knows it. Nathan knows it. Kaylee knows it. Lorena knows it. And Maisley has started a whistle back. <whistles> and we find each other. Why? Because there's a relationship. If your only relationship is Sunday mornings, you got... You got a relationship with God like you would with any famous person. So if you want to get filled with expectation for the promises of God in your life, you got to depend on God's providence. Next year, we're going to do something, and I want to challenge you. I want to invite you to join me. I'm doing this. This is not something that the church is doing. It. I'm doing it for my own life. <clears throat> So every year, I try to read the Bible from cover to cover. I've done that a couple of times. I'm going to keep doing that. But this year, I'm adding an extra challenge to my life. I want to memorize 52 verses in 2023. One verse per week. 
If you're interested and you want to join me and you want to do this with me, I'm working on finding those verses. I'll have them ready before the end of the year. And I want to know 52 more verses by the end of 2023 than I do now. Because you know what? They'll guide me. The Holy Spirit is going to use them. When I'm, when I'm tempted, he's going to use them. When I'm lost, he's going to use them. When I'm feeling down, he's going to use them. So, so if you want to join me, I want to invite you to do that. We also, just let me tell you, I'm almost done. Um, we're getting ready for our fast. We're going to begin the, the, the second Sunday in January, January 8th. We're going to begin our 21-day fast. So, so start getting ready by cutting down on coffee and all that stuff. Enjoy your tamales on Christmas because you know that for a while you're going to be offering a sacrifice to the Lord. Amen? Amen. Last one, last one, and I'm done. Last one. <clears throat> to be filled with great expectations for the promises of God in your life, you got to prepare for success. You got to prepare for success. And I believe this one is key. Right? If you want to get excited about the things that God is going to do in your life, you got to prepare for when they happen. You got to prepare for when they become true. Look at what verse 11 says. It says, They entered the house and saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down. And what did they do? They worshiped. And then they opened their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The wise men were so convinced that they would see Jesus that they brought him gifts in advance. They said, we know we're going to see him. And when we see him, we want to be able to offer him something. We want to be able to give him something. They prepare for success. See, some of you, you think you're waiting on God. But the truth is that God may be waiting on you. Because if God were to fulfill that promise today, are you ready not just to, 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 to enjoy it, but to keep it? See, if you're asking, if you're saying, God, I know you're going to expand my business. I know that you're going to expand my influence. If God were to do that today, do you have the character and the lifestyle to sustain that? If God were to open the door that you're asking him to open, would you be ready to not just walk through it, but to thrive in it? If you've been asking God for a husband or a wife and God were to bring him today, are you emotionally and spiritually ready to go into marriage? See, because most of us, the thing that we do is, well, once God does it, then I'll do it. And what do you think God is saying? No, 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 no. Once you do it, then, then I'll give it to you. Right? So here's some questions to prepare for success. Is your lifestyle... The right lifestyle is your way of thinking, the right way of thinking, to not just be able to receive the promises of God, but to be able to retain the promises of God. Amen. It's your relationship. Is, are your relationships, are your core people around you, the kind, the right people that are going to help you walk into the promises of God and delight and enjoy them, or are they going to kick you out of the promises of God? you got to prepare for success. And you know what is essential in preparing for success? Discernment. And we also see this in the wise men. The last verse we read, it says that they went a different route because God warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. Discernment comes from God. Discernment comes from the, from the involvement of the Holy Spirit and it is developed and discernment is necessary because here's the thing, here's the thing. Not everything is a sin, but not everything is beneficial. 
And there are good things that can keep you from the promises of God because they're not bad things, but they are not what you need to do for God to do what he needs to do in your life. And we need discernment. The wise men had it. They prepared for success. They said, we know what we need to do. We know where it's going to be. And we're going to prepare for when we see Jesus, we can give him a gift. Some of you, you don't want to have those difficult conversations of what it would be like for whatever reason. So, so what are you going to wait for? For God to do it? To then do the hard work? What if he did the hard work before so that you were ready for God to do it? Amen. Amen? So let's get filled with expectation for what God can do this Christmas. Now, let me tell you this, and I'll wrap up with this. The wise men found the promise, and that promise was fulfilled in their life. And that promise was to meet Jesus. Now, check this out. They had all kinds of barriers. Distant barrier, culture barrier, religious barrier, um, uh, uh, danger barriers, Herod and religious leaders were also a barrier. There was all kinds of barriers that the wise men had to go through to pursue the promise of God. But they did it. They found Jesus. And if they did it, you and I can do it. Their story was left in God's word, not just so that we could have a nice Christmas story, but so that we could be filled with hope and so that we could be filled with excitement and say, if they did it, I could do it. Yeah. You may have some barriers for the promises of God. You may say, oh, but they're long gone or, 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 or it's been way too long or, or I've tried and tried. Let me tell you something. You may be done, but the promises of God are never done. Amen. His promises never failed. And if you are willing to believe again, if you are willing to take action, if you are willing to take these steps, it's only a matter of time before God would do it. You know why you can count on God's promises? Here's why. Look at that last verse in your outline. Romans 8.32. It says, He did not spare His own Son, but gave Him up for us all. Won't He also freely give us all things with Him? This Christmas, we celebrate the fact that God sent His Son for you and for me. He already gave us the most precious thing He had. Don't you think He'll do those other promises? See, Jesus, Jesus is the guarantee that God will do what He said. Because if He has given His Son, won't He also give you a good family? Won't He also give you health? Won't he also open the door? Won't he also heal you? And the answer is yes. So I want to invite you today to believe and expect something great. And you may be wondering, well, Nestor, how big? What do you mean by big? How big can I go? Here's how big you could go. As big as you believe God is. If you believe God is only as big as God, help me to feel good. You go for that. But if you believe that God is as big as God, you could do the miracles and the impossible. Why not believe him for his promises? Why not believe him that those that you love will be with you, worshiping him, that those that have gone, that those that are far from him will once again find him again. What are you going to expect God to do in your life? 
Would you bow your head with me? We hope you enjoyed this message. But before you go, we want to extend an invitation to start a personal relationship with Jesus and declare Him your God. No one loves you like Jesus, and no one will impact your life for good like Jesus will. Would you make the following prayer your prayer? Heavenly Father, I repent of my wrongdoing. I open my heart, and I want to have a personal relationship with you. I trust that Jesus died so I could be forgiven, but He didn't stay dead. He rose back to life so I could have eternal life. From today on, I will follow you, transform my life through your truth and love. In Jesus' name, amen. Congratulations. If you made that prayer, God lives in you and now you have a new life in Him. Connect to a church so your faith and love for God can continue to grow. We believe that you can find a loving and encouraging community in Dayspring Church. Come visit us. You belong here. We would love to meet you.